Welcome to episode six of the Descend podcast at Mountain View Community Church. We take the Sunday sermons and descend into the journey of our weeks to share the love of Christ with those around us. We pray this podcast is an encouragement to you and a reminder of the goodness of God throughout your week. I'm Hannah Carnifix, Communications Director here at Mountain View, and this week we're joined by the young Duke. <laughs> when did I start getting the definite Martin. article? Because you're the Aaron, the Aaron That's Luke. not okay. Mm, yeah, and it fits sorry, you. we interrupted. Who and else? Kim Martin. The Kim, Kim Martin. The Kim Martin. Hi, everyone. Kim. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. So glad you're here. So glad Kim, I'm here, too. Really quick, tell everybody what you do at the church in yeah. case people don't know. Yeah, of course. I'm on the admin team. Uh, I also am part of the women's ministry team as well. Do a little bit of everything. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Okay, can we usually start with a fun question? Excellent. And since it's Christmas, it's not really that fun. I just want to know what your favorite Christmas tradition is for oh. both of you. It can be something really small or like a big family thing. Mm-hmm. I think one of mine growing up was just a family breakfast mm-hmm. on Christmas morning. So my mom would always make ham and cheese, egg casserole and uh, we would get the nice plates out and the goblets uh, goblets. with orange juice the plastic plates instead (laughs) of the paper (laughs) exactly so um it was just really special in the morning you guys had goblets we did and (laughs) they had like christmas only goblets gold trim yes with christmas trees on them so it was it was very special that's real fun yeah I loved it. I didn't know we were in the presence of royalty. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Kim. You know? That's good. Um, Mine, I, well, we always go get a Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. which is a big family tradition. We almost died this year because it was snowing like crazy. Explain. Well, it just took, it took forever to get, we drive up to Wyoming and it took the, it was a snowstorm and it was just white knuckling it the whole Mm. way there and back. But when we got there, it was magical. It was beautiful. And Mm -hmm. we found an awesome tree. Um, but probably my favorite is we, we wake up on Christmas morning and, uh, we read the narrative of the birth of Jesus and we act it out as a family. Um, and so the, you know, the kids like throw blankets on to Uh be shepherds or whatever. And Mm -hmm. we, we run around, we usually read the, um, Jesus Storybook Bible, the Sally mm-hmm. Lloyd Jones. Mm-hmm. Are they still? The kids are still into it as they get older. They are, yeah, um, yeah, they are. Okay, I, I think it's become something that they like. I think uh, we'll find out this You'll year. I think we like yeah, might yeah. be on the brink, but my intention is to do it until yeah. they're old, until they're like until, until they have, they their, have own their own children. kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. keep as going. Yeah, because yeah. we do need more actors. I mean, we have a lot of kids, but we still need more people. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You could have a dozen yeah. shepherds for sure. And then we breakfast. Oh, then we open stockings, and then we eat breakfast, and then we open gifts. That's yeah. fun. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we don't have. I feel like all of our traditions are kind of around food. My mm. family makes sausage balls every single Christmas morning. Nice. Okay. So random. I think we're at the point where people are like, I mean, we enjoy sausage balls, but we just have to do it because we've it's done it for the last thirty Is this- years. Yeah, like meatballs. Uh, kind of. It's like bisquick and sausage and cheese, basically, and that's mm. it. And then you bake them. Oh, it's really simple. Never heard of that. But yeah, maybe it's a Texas thing. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. I don't it know. sounds very much like a Texas I don't thing. Know. Yeah. But okay. Matt's mom has like a full appetizer spread every Christmas morning, mm-hmm. and that's what we do with them. So it's fun. I love a good Christmas food tradition. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's it's so 
Okay, um, Aaron, will you recap the sermon for us since you talked about love redeemed? Yes. Um, we have been in Advent, we've been looking at the women of the line of Jesus. And this Sunday, we looked at Bathsheba um, and connecting her story to the, the Advent theme of love. Um, I, I did a lot this Sunday. I kind of maybe bit off a little bit more than I can chew because, um, I started by talking about some of the big, uh, kind of framework things in, in the Bible, uh, particularly the three promises or covenants that God makes with humanity in bringing about redemption. So the, the promise to Adam and Eve that someday the, the serpent crusher is going to come from her line, Mm -hmm. the promise to Abraham, um, that someday, you know, there's like land and there's a great name and there's a nation, um, descendants, but the primary thing is bringing blessing to every family of the earth. And then, uh, the promise to David that this Messiah to come to bring blessing to the earth is going to do it through a kingdom. It's going to be a king that comes. Um, and so that makes, that helps us to make sense of the first verse of uh, Matthew's genealogy. He says the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. So those, those kind of three promises Matthew has in mind as he lays out this genealogy. Um, and we looked at the story of Bathsheba and how her, her narrative is connected to King David, um, inextricably, uh, in that, her her part kind of in the redemptive story is a big kind of dark stain mm-hmm. on David, the man after God's own heart. Um, in short, you know, he he's uh, David has sent his armies off to battle. Um, he's at home in Jerusalem, waking up late in the afternoon from a nap. He sees Bathsheba bathing. He calls her to himself. They, they sleep together. Uh, probably... Um, not something that she's willingly participating in. Um, he's the king and he kind of gets what he wants. Um, she gets pregnant. As a result of that, he calls her husband back from war, Uriah, um, and uh, tries to get him to, to sleep with his wife, mm-hmm. gets him drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of that works. He's a loyal and faithful man, uh, both to the king and to his fellow soldiers that are out still fighting. And so he, he decides to not take up any of the comforts. Um, of being home. Uh, so David sends him back with a letter in his hand uh, that basically is his death sentence. And he, he dies in battle um, at the, at, as a result of that. Um, Bathsheba mourns. David then marries her and she has a son. Um, and it, it says at the end of chapter 11 of 2 Samuel, um, the thing that David had done had displeased the Lord. And then Second Samuel twelve is kind of the the consequences of that. So Nathan is Nathan the prophet comes and and rebu- rebukes David with a story. David repents. Um, the child that is conceived dies, um, and then after kind of uh, some mourning, uh, Bathsheba and David have another son whose name is Solomon, um, and that's what kind of continues the the line of. Uh, Matthew and we, we saw um, kind of three qualities of God's character as a result of that. God's love is um, faithful. So, like God made a mm-hmm. promise to David, and He kept it. Um, and and so there's 
you know, an indication of the way that God loves is, is faithful to his promises. God's love is, what was the second one? Um, undeserved. There so yeah, David was, David was in sin, didn't deserve God's kindness. Um, and, uh, that's gospel love. You know, it's something that none of us deserve. And then last God's love is tangible. Um, it, it's not just a way that God feels about us, but it's something that he acted on. And so at the end, uh, you know, I kind of went through three, three verses. One is Isaiah nine, six, which is unto us, a child is born ending with, you know, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Uh, John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And then Romans five, eight, um, he, he showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. So that's good. This is a very quick recap. Very quick yeah. overview, mm-hmm. which everybody yeah. can go and listen yeah. if they want to. I feel like I have loved going through the genealogy because like we talked about at the beginning, skip over all of it. So the past like three weeks, I feel like it's been so cool to just mm-hmm. pause and learn more about a story, kind of go back and then come back to the Mm -hmm. genealogy and be like, the next person, here's their story. And here's Mm -hmm. the impact it had on the genealogy. I don't know. It's just been really encouraging for me. But one thing I thought about on Sunday, um, and not a maybe real answer to this because we don't fully know, but you mentioned that David was the only one that in the genealogy, it mentions the wife of Uriah. So like calls out his sin. Mm -hmm. Why do we think that Matthew is calling out only David. Everybody else is father of whatever, father of whatever. Yeah. Um, so why why does Matthew specifically call out David? And is that uh, like something we should, I mean, obviously something we should pay attention to, but why do you think? Mm. And again, there may be no real answers, <laughs> but sure. just to brainstorm altogether, what do, I don't know, it just was a fascinating point. I've never... Never thought about that while reading through the genealogy. Yeah, I mean, David, when we talk about David, especially as a church, I do feel like there is this um, almost pedestal that can be put, like, that we put David on as, like, the person that we should almost emulate to some degree because he is a man after God's own heart. Um, That's a, a big affirmation compliment if you will to to david and um to hear and to read matthew almost kind of like what you're saying calling him Mm -hmm. out for his sin it's a oh but it's like david isn't god yeah yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know uh, or he's not the messiah yeah yeah Yeah, he's not the promised one absolutely definitely not um and just also seeing how he is he is just as much man as we are. Yeah. Um, so really pointing then to, okay, who who is the Messiah? It's Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe it's a, a humbling of David is is not, the Messiah is not God. Uh, Jesus is God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of interesting true. that that doesn't happen with Abraham, for instance, mm, who, yeah. you know, true. had some similar kind of right. dark spots in his narrative. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, just maybe... You know, the other thing I thought about was it might be that, um, you know, the hope in this moment is not necessarily a um, a law or a patriarch. But remember that in Matthew's time, Rome is occupying. Mm-hmm. And so there's like what we want is a king. Yeah. You know, we need somebody to come in and, and kind of kick out the Romans and set up 
you know, or reestablish the the monarchy to to the to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it was a, a God exalting desire, uh, but also this idea that we're so oppressed, we we need somebody to come in and kind of clean house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that might be the the motivation that tempted people to kind of pedestalize. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's a word, but David. I understand it. So that might be that might be it too. But I, I think you're right, Hannah, that um Matthew is doing something there. Even the way he says it. Mm-hmm. The wife of Uriah yeah. is uh would remind would have reminded everyone of that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love little nuggets like that. I'm like, why did he why did Matthew choose mm-hmm. that? That's so cool. I don't know. Yeah. Things to ask the Lord one day. But mm. Um, okay, one thing I wanted to talk through was maybe just giving – so this week is love. We're talking about love and how that impacts Advent and how the story of Bathsheba uh, connects with that. But how would you guys define godly love? I feel like our culture has kind of taken love, and it means so many different things. And we've all thought about the fact that – we love Chipotle and we love our job and we love whatever, but how does how do we really define godly love and how do we see this story through that lens, I guess? Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we put Bathsheba with the theme of love. You know, there, mm-hmm. we had the freedom, I think, to kind of yeah. choose what we wanted. And I remember we were talking about this, like Bathsheba's story, David and Bathsheba's story is very much like a soap opera, hmm. like which is, I think, a kind of a worldly conception of love. It's romantic love, uh, potentially, and um, and and so it's a it's an anti-love mm-hmm. kind of a, a picture of what is not gospel love. One of the first things that comes to mind for me is the idea of sacrificial mm-hmm. um, to love somebody. I think I, I could say universally, it's going to cost you mm-hmm. something. Um, and obviously that that's true in the case of God's love for us through the giving of his son. Um, but that's one, I don't know, we could maybe collaborate yeah. on, on yeah. these ideas, well, but that's it, the first thing that comes to mind. Well, and you, you took my answer too, just okay. in recurrence, so thank you. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> welcome, yeah. But um, yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, a verse that came to mind and, you know, just from doing the the biblical friendship class for Equip Day, talking about like no greater love than this, than you know, a friendly yeah. down their life um, for another. Um, so totally agree that love is sacrificial. Um, it does cost something and um, it's just, yeah, it it's going to require more than what I think our culture says because yeah, culture does say like, take care of yourself, mm-hmm. uh, make sure you love yourself first, which, which there's some truth in some of those things, but um, I think when it comes to godly love, um, yeah, there's there's going to be there's going to be a sacrifice, yeah. like you said. And God loves Himself. Totally. And there's an assumption in the scriptures that we will love ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Love mm-hmm. your neighbor as yourself. The sure. assumption there is that you're gonna. Yeah. We naturally do that. You naturally do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's ever vilified unless mm-hmm. it is at the expense of mm-hmm. um, genuine love for God or love for neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What would you add to that definition, Hannah? I, I feel like my initial thought goes to the same thing, like a selfless kind of love, mm. putting other people first. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. It feels so complicated. Like love feels like a really deep emotional thing that feels hard to define, which is why I feel like I wanted to talk about it because I'm like, it's so different for everybody. I was even thinking whenever I uh, think about the Lord, a lot of times I think about my earthly father Mm. and my dad is amazing. And there are so many qualities that I see in him that are I think reflective. He's going to hear this podcast. I hope so. Die, love you. <laughs> um, and so it's just funny because I feel like the Lord uses scenarios in our life or the way that we're made or uh, so many different things to really show us what love means and more of his character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just feels so different for everybody. What What is something that you guys, if I'm like thinking about my dad and thinking about like, he is gentle, but also firm, and and he's fair, but he's wise, and he's all these things that I'm like, okay, I think the Lord is all those things. Mm-hmm. So what are things that you guys think of that are characters of the Lord, I guess, from earthly things, earthly examples, or people in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thinking of my own dad, I would say um, – sacrifice certainly Mm -hmm. i think as a father he was a provider for us in a way that he sacrificed a lot of his time Mm -hmm. while also spending the most time with us as he could um so he was always at all of our softball games or at our band competitions and things like that and it feels funny to say that because that when you think of love, I'm not you're not necessarily thinking of, oh yeah, my dad came to all my softball games or band competitions, but there's something in that there there is a sacrifice, there is a commitment um to his children. So I feel like he was an example of that yeah. for me. Yeah. I mean, it's something that sticks out to me even as an adult today. Mm-hmm. I think another thing it's interesting how Earthly examples can also uh, teach you what love is not. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has, a, a, and us included, has a perfect story of what love really looks like Mm -hmm. um, due to the brokenness of this world. So just want to acknowledge that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think of the, um, there's a deep affection. Like there's Mm -hmm. a, there's a built-in affection, Mm -hmm. uh, which seems obvious, but you think of like a, f- a father coming to a child's sporting events and I sure. have enough kids that I go to their mm-hmm. sporting events and like our older kids are getting to the point where like they're good and it's enjoyable to engage with it. But mm-hmm. kids sporting events, like yeah. little kids sporting events are like, they're not fun. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're fun to be at because it's so ridiculous, but totally. in terms of like the quality of sports, yeah. right. mm-hmm. it's, it's not good. And you're there as a father, you're there as a mother because you care about what your kid cares about and mm-hmm. so there's a few things i think they're like there's a built there's a deep affection for um the object of your love there's a um an intentional entering into the cares of the person who you love so so god cares about god is far higher than us than mm. you know a child a parent is yeah. from a child mm-hmm. and yet he cares about the things that we care about um, and then there's an undeservedness mm-hmm. to it where we don't we don't deserve the affection. Um, 
just like a child hasn't really done anything to deserve or earn the affection yeah. mm-hmm. of a parent. Um, and the same is true for like a spouse or a friend, you know, you are, that's part of the sacrifice is it's, mm-hmm. it's not earned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I liked your point of God's love is tangible. Cause I think that's something that mm. we forget a lot of times and Kim and you, Aaron, I like, I feel love with people, you know, like you, mm-hmm. whenever you can like see people in front of you, you're like, I know, I know they love me because of blank, but I feel like because a lot of times God's not here with us, it's like, but does he, you know, mm-hmm. and it's hard to really wrap our mind around godly love because it looks different than a lot of times the worldly love does. So I liked the, your tangible point. I thought that was a really good reminder for all of us. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, Kim, you briefly touched on this about uh, love and boundaries. So I think this is something that's come up for me a lot, uh, maybe just recently, but I feel like our world is such a boundaries kind of world, a self-care kind mm-hmm. of world. So how do we as Christians um, figure out how to set boundaries, maybe with other people or with our time, but also have that sacrificing, bend over backwards kind of love for people around us? I think in thinking about this question, it almost sounds like we're saying, okay, we need to put a boundary on love. Mm-hmm. It's like, that. I don't think that's what we're trying to say mm-hmm. is that lo- there's it's not a Hannah, okay, you get love, but it stops at this point. Right. Um, I feel like the boundary can come in with what the action or behavior is, um, and that's going to be different depending on each situation or each relationship that you have. Um, so I don't think there is a boundary on love, but it may look different um, in a particular relationship. So for example, like maybe love for one person is um, going to be tough love or, um, hey, I'm going to have a hard conversation um, and I'm not going to be the one that you're necessarily dependent on. Um, or, yeah, something to to that degree. I'm not coming up with the best examples here, but I think love itself, there is no boundary in love. Mm-hmm. Boundaries can come with the actions and the behaviors in displaying our love yeah. for people. Potentially the boundary is as yourself, mm-hmm. right? Love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. sure. which is a far higher yeah. boundary than, than we, we often limit ourselves at a much lower level mm-hmm. than that. But maybe, maybe what you're getting at, Kim, I'm not sure I'm following you. Maybe what you're getting at is um, we, as we love people as ourselves at this kind of high boundary level, um, that love might be, or expressions of that love might be speaking the truth mm-hmm. or it, sh- it should include speaking the truth. And so mm-hmm. potentially that's the, that's the, the rub or the difference between the way maybe a cultural view of love and boundaries and a biblical view of love and boundaries where, where we would say like if, if somebody's, you know, headed to destruction, love doesn't allow them to continue in that, right. in that direction. Um, and, and you think if I was in that position, what would I want somebody to do? You know, I'd want somebody to slap me across the face and be mm-hmm. like, stop being an idiot, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is. Um, 
Is that? I, yeah, to some degree. And I think also sometimes we I wonder if we feel like love, I need to be the sole person. Or the savior. The savior, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. a great um, word. Like, I am the savior of this person. I always need to be there for them. Mm-hmm. They're dependent on me. Um, I am the one who can help them. Right. And we get into this false idea of that, that that is yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that is not always the case. Mm-hmm. It, it is okay to not, and we shouldn't be <laughs> the savior of people. Um, and I think we that creates, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. We cannot yeah. be the savior of people. Um, only Jesus can. And that's okay to put up that boundary, um, if you will, of, yeah, I'm not your person, um, or I can't be with you 24 seven. Like, so I'm, I guess I'm kind of going to some extremes, but those are real things that happen in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of getting at that okay. as well. Okay. Yeah. How do you guys think, like, how do you navigate that situation with somebody? Is it relying on the Lord's wisdom to hopefully just give you the right words to say to them or to know what to do in those situations? Do you seek wise counsel? Both? I don't know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I am of the opinion or of the conviction, I suppose, that um, clarity and forthrightness always mm-hmm. helps. Yeah. Um, so if I'm if I'm in a situation where um, a, a friendship has gotten to the point where it, it it feels like that person is maybe too dependent on me rather than finding their fulfillment and satisfaction in the Lord, then I will often just say that. Um, to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, that's not always been best, I suppose, you know, and there's times when I can certainly be more blunt than is helpful or, or kind, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I'm, I'm, I tend to just say like, this is not, this is not healthy. It's not good for you. It's not good for me. Yeah. Here's why. And here's what mm-hmm. I think you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, at least a start to to dealing with the situation. Is yeah. that what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah, this it the whole boundaries thing feels confusing to me a lot of times because I I feel like I hear um you love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm like, okay, great. I'll give all my money away and mm-hmm. spend all my time on things that are of the Lord. And then I'm like, well, I don't know if that's necessarily what the Lord, the Lord isn't calling me to give away every single thing. He's calling me to love people. So what does that look like? And how do I do that? Well, you know what I mean? Why do you think the Lord is not calling you to give away every single thing? Well, maybe, maybe he is, but I'm also like, if I give away every single dollar I have, maybe there's something else that's coming down the road that I'm not going to be able to give to, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. And see, it's confusing, Aaron. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, I'm not so. saying he is, but I, I also think that we, uh, and I'm, I'm including myself in this, like we tend to limit ourselves far before I think the Lord would probably yeah. call mm-hmm. us to limit ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's, and maybe this is starting to key in on another quality of the love of God is it is so uh, generous and abundant, mm-hmm. um, to the point of being ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I think that that's what discipleship is. And, and I know that that 
uh, what I don't want that to do is kind of ratchet up the pressure on mm-hmm. people. But totally. at, the, at the same time, I think that that's a, a, a like God honoring biblical pressure where we go, yeah, we are, we are called to love people mm-hmm. in an extravagant way. Yeah. Um, people should look at our lives and the way that we love them and go, how, how, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. And why are you doing this mm-hmm. yeah. in an, in, in a name for us to be able to point to the one who has loved us so mm-hmm. abundantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I, maybe that looks different in every season for every person, but I do feel like that should be a challenge to what, like, what else can you do? Mm-hmm. You know, how mm-hmm. else can you love people? How can you love people deeper and give more of yourself? But that feels like a tricky topic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, and sometimes it's yeah. I mean, as you're asking the question, it's something where we're thinking of this future situation when really the Lord is calling us in each moment um, to yeah. be dependent on Him in those particular decisions of what He's calling us to do. I mean, because I could go down that rabbit yeah. trail as well of like, should I give away my money? Should mm-hmm. I give away my car? Should I, whatever? Should yeah. I? Should I? When really like we're meant to be dependent on him in each moment um, f- in those particular decisions yeah. uh, in loving each other. Yeah. So, And then if he calls you to give away your car, you give away your car. Exactly. And that's it. Easy. Yeah. And I do think that that question of, am I the Messiah here? Mm-hmm. Am I the savior here? Sure. Is a helpful, is a helpful framework where I go, if I'm, if I, you know, if I give away my car to this person, am I saving them? Am I being their savior? Yeah. Or, or is that kind of my motivation? Those mm-hmm. those kinds of questions, and that might be another great place to seek wise counsel. Mm-hmm. Where you go, hey, I'm you know I'm feeling like maybe I should mm-hmm. give away my car to this person. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. is that crazy? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, how do we connect all of this with Advent? How do love and Advent go together? What are you guys personally reflecting on in Advent that maybe can tie into love? What does that look like for both of you? I mean, I, I keep coming back to John 3.16, which feels a little uh, cliche, although I, I hate that it feels cliche because it's such a precious truth. Mm-hmm. God's, mm-hmm. God so loved that he gave. Um, and that's exactly what Advent is, our, our anticipating the arrival of the one who is given in in love to us so that we could be reconciled so that the head of the serpent could be crushed so mm-hmm. that we could have a king so that um, we could be blessed all of those promises come true in Christ because of God's love for us um, and i i've been i think probably just probably over the last couple of weeks as i've been thinking about this sermon that's where my mind has been God's God's love for us in giving His Son mm-hmm. is such a precious truth of of Advent and the motivation behind it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would go back to the no greater love um, than laying down your life uh, for someone, and just thinking of yeah, the Father sending. His son. I mean, it, it starts with that, but there is um, more mm-hmm. of his sacrifice on the cross and redeeming us and loving us in that way. I think another verse that comes to mind, and Aaron, you kind of were talking about this in your sermon, is for by grace you have been saved, and that grace is encompassed in love. I think that's something that I've always 
struggled to embrace Mm. fully because there is such a, I need to do more, I need to do more. And realizing that, no, that's not the case. Mm. It is by grace and um, out of the abundance of God's love for you, um, you have been saved and you don't need to do anything. Again, that doesn't mean that we don't honor God through our works, but um, he loves us regardless. We don't have to earn the love. Yes, you got it. Yeah. I feel like one thing for me has been um, a lot of times love and thoughtfulness go together in my brain. Mm. Like I can show people love by thoughtful acts of whatever. And I feel like over the last couple of weeks, I've been like, man, the Lord is so thoughtful. Mm. And even the path that he sent Jesus to us, like just all the little thing, all the, the prophecy in the Old Testament and the things that have lined up so that Jesus could even be born, I think has been one of the coolest mm. realizations for me. And that that feels so loving, the fact that he put so much thought mm. into bringing his son to then ultimately die on the cross to save us that we didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like just the backstory, learning more about the theology or going through some of the Old Testament, I'm like, man, that is such a cool, yeah. a cool thing that the Lord took time to be so incredibly thoughtful mm-hmm. and love us so well, even in the tiny ways that we may even pass over. You know, we pass over the genealogy, we pass over the wife of Uriah, but mm-hmm. but he still put it there so that we can feel loved and cared for and thought about even throughout the whole process. So I do think one practice during Advent that shows love is the giving of gifts. Mm-hmm. It's it's probably the that's the theme of Advent that is probably most closely connected to that thing that we do culturally yeah. even. Um and I I I I love giving gifts. Big gift um, giver. I'm a big gift yeah. giver. Mm. It's it's so fun to me to, to kind of think about what would make people feel loved and cared for and what they would delight in. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's built into the season. And so I know that that can be um, consuming, consuming or overwhelming or uh, and costly for people mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of those things. And, and I don't certainly don't want to feed consumerism, but at the same time, I think that, that that simple thing that we do or that common thing that we do is a, is a way to express the love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm for it. And I know people would have arguments otherwise, and that's okay. Yeah. And I could, I could understand a lot of those, but I, I think that that's a great way to, to reflect the love of God. In, but if in your motivation season. behind it is, right. I want to love you well and not like, let me buy all these gifts for you just because, you know, yeah. I feel like that's a different, yeah. uh, different mindset do you already have carla's gift do you give each other gifts we do yeah Um, are you like a you've had it since no july kind of person are you gonna go this week and get it i i do have uh uh, quite a few gifts for carla (laughs) you know i we are pretty stereotypical in the in in our life and marriage in that she buys gifts for everybody Mm -hmm. and i buy gifts for her i love (laughs) and so she's she does a ton of of work and she's super thoughtful. Um, and you know, I'm helping her kind of think through stuff, but she does the, she puts in a lot of the effort. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've got stuff for her. I haven't had it since July. I, I'm always kind of keeping a a list and kind of always thinking. No, no, no. I, I've had them for a week or two. Yeah. Um, reasonable. 
Yeah, yeah. Which is reasonable, yeah. <laughs> but it's not the last minute. But I, I am kind of always kind of thinking of, you know, one of the ways I think I show love to my wife is by thinking about what would, yeah. what mm-hmm. kind of gifts would she love? Mm-hmm. And what would make her feel loved? And, mm-hmm. and I give it to her. So um, I'm going to tell you one. And okay. then we'll find out if she listens to the podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's At hear Carla. it. <laughs> I got her a um, heated mattress pad. Ooh, for our bed not a blanket like underneath no underneath, underneath. and Amazing. so you can start it and heat it we actually had one for a while it broke about a year ago oh. and so this is a love that yeah so that'll be fun that's wow. a nice gift yeah. and it also Benefit benefits both you, both yeah. you. <laughs> listen nobody tell her though, okay? okay so you cannot tell her all of we'll our listeners quiet. don't tell Carla yeah we'll see that. Okay. Okay. see if she's surprised what do you guys think you think she listens I don't that's a I Mm, I don't know. We'll find out. I She's don't. very busy. Yeah, so, yeah. she yeah, is. Especially this week. <laughs> yeah. Time we'll for see. podcasts. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll yeah. see. So, okay, thank you both. Anything else that you guys want to add that has been encouraging to both of you or thoughts that you've had that you want to share? No. no? Okay. It's been great. Great. Thanks, Thank Anna. you both. Thanks, Appreciate Anna. you. Thanks, Kim. It's fun to have you. Yeah, you too. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on the Descend podcast. Uh, we've really enjoyed this the end of this year with you all and we look forward to continuing with you next year after the new year hannah is going to be gone because she's going to be having a baby Uh, so we'll see you whenever i decide to start recording we'll miss you hannah thanks everybody bye